Okay, we are in Sefer Yirmiyahu, Perek Lamed Vav, Vayehi B'Shanah HaRaviyas LeYehoyakim Ben Yoshiyahu. So Lamed Vav is going to be a very interesting return to narrative. It is a story rather than a prophecy and a very interesting story. Moreover, in time now, it moves back even further. We're back from Tzitkiyahu to Yehoyakim, and now we're moving a little further back in Yehoyakim's reign. Just to set the stage, this is 18 years before the actual destruction, and that becomes very important because of the nature of what's happening. And to say, Yehoyakim was the son of Yoshiyahu. Yoshiyahu was the last bright spot in Judea before the Churban. Um, and Yehoyakim, his son after him, the most charitable you think, the most charitable thing you can say about him in evaluating his reign is he was not his father. He was a total dud. Um, his judgments politically, religiously, militarily were totally wrong. And as king is captured by Nebuchadnezzar, he doesn't make it past the gates of Yerushalayim. He suffers a brutal, humiliating death. He was just the wrong person, the wrong place at the wrong time. But now we are in his reign in the fourth year, appears to and tells him the following. Take for yourself a scroll, parchment. And write everything that I have told you with regards to Israel, Yehuda, from the day I first spoke to you, which was going back to the reign of Yoshio. Remember, Yermio's uh, term of prophecy is 40 years. Everything I told you, from the day of Yoshio until today. That's a pretty heavy order. Because Ulai Yishmu based Yehuda. What, what day is that? Is that the day in the past? Going backwards, or is that in the in the later? It's going back to from he starts Yoshio, but you're going to see the prophecy is spot on about what's going to happen 18 years later. Ulai Yishmu based Yehuda. Maybe they will listen as everything I am planning to do to destroy them. Maybe there's a chance. They will do tshuva and return hara'ah from their evil ways. V'salachti lavonam. The Kodesh Baruch wasn't looking to punish them. I'm looking to forgive them. Ulachatosan and their sins and their averos. Vayikra yirmiyo es Baruch ben He summons Baruch ben Neria. Baruch ben Neria, the Mepharshim tell us, was his disciple, his apprentice. He was a navi of his own. But here he's really reduced to the role of a scribe. And we're going to see maybe perhaps a reader of the document. He writes everything he is discharged to do 
on that parchment as he was commanded. What does he write on the parchment? It is a big machlokas. Rashi and Radak says he has written Sefer Echo. Echo or Lamentations is what we read on Tishabal. It is written 18 years, as we've said before, the Churban Habayas. It's written in the present tense. How does Yermio do that other than being a prophet? Some say it can't be Echa, that it's more likely a collection of his prophecies, like the literal meaning of it is. And yet, we're going to see this very strong evidence that it was Echa, written 18 years before the event, making it sound like it is as of today. So he summons him and he writes it. He tells him after he's written it, I'm literally restrained, I am in jail. This is one of the other times here, as we're going to see many times in his career, is locked up. I can't go to the Beis HaMikdash. You go. You read it on a fast day. In other words, there were days of the fast as we see that they're in the uh, month of Kislev. Kislev is usually the deadline. If you didn't have rain, you had to do something drastic. And what they did, we saw in Gemara Tanis, is decree a series of fasts. So you wait till those fast days and all the people would come in from wherever they were, gather in the base Hamikdash, pour their hearts out in tefillah and fast. So, go beyond so Megamba Aznei Kol Yehuda Habbaim Me'orehem Tikra'en. Read it before all of those of Judea who have come from the cities and towns to be fasting on those days. Ulai tipol tachnasam lefnei Hashem. Maybe they will be aroused to their prayers before the Kodesh Rohu, the Yeshuvu. Again, Shuva is the end game here. It's not destruction. The Yeshuvu ishmi darko hara ki af. They have to come back because my anger is so great. Right now, the anger is intense and irrevocable. Maybe something can jar these people into a modality of tshuva. He does everything he's told, he writes it, and then he reads it. Again, this is Kislev in the fifth month of Yehoyakim. He is to reign for 11 years. A fast is called probably because of these droughts and, and praying for rain. In other words, they waited. There was a year. And of course, the Mephoshim raised the question, can you suppress a nevuah that long for a year? And the answer is, this isn't exactly a nevuah. This is more a ruach hakodesh narrative. And so, yes, they waited for the opportune time when the people are gathered there for maximum exposure. 
Vayikra Borach Basefer Estivra Yemiyo, he reads it to them based Hashem, Belishkas Kemaryo, Ben Shalfon HaSofer, Bechatzer HaElyon, he reads it in the upper chamber of the base Hamikdash, before Gemaryo of Shalfon, who is a scribe of his own right and a very important individual, Pesach Shar Beis Hashem HaChadash, in front of the new gate, Ba'azne Kola'am. He's got a captive audience of all the people. Vayishma Michayu ben Gemaryo ben Shafan. Michayo hears this Nevuah read. It's called Devrei Hashem Me'ah Everything that the Kaddish Baruch Hu has told him to do, be it Sefer Eicha or be it the collected Nevuahs of um, Yemiyo. And it makes a terrific impact. He now goes having heard it, and he's got to impart what he's heard. He goes down and hears and sees the Sarim Yoshim Elishama Hasofer Uzliyo Ben Shemaya Vel Nasan Ben Achbar Gmaryo Ben Shofan Vitzikio Ben Chananya Vachol Hasarim. He has got an elite audience now that he has gone into the palace yeah. and he's got to convey what he really, read. Why would this have such an impact? It's as if they never heard of what Hashem expected of them before, and now for the first time they're hearing it. And why would it change anything? It's an interesting question because, one, you're going to find these sarim, who you usually think were very, you know, that, like you say, uh, they've heard this before, they don't want to be bothered, they are very concerned. They're concerned now for the safety of Yermio and of uh, Baruch Benaria, because obviously if it is safer Echa, it can be a very scary proposition. Echa describes like an on-the-spot recitation of the ruination of Yerushalayim, and it's too realistic to be ignored. Something jars them, the sarim. As you're going to see, their behavior is not like the Sarim of old. They become very concerned. And he tells them what he's just heard. Now the Sarim want to hear it for themselves. They send for Baruch as Yehudi ben Netanyo ben Shmalol ben Kushi Lemor Hamegila Asher Karasa Baba Zneha Um. They send Yehudi. That's his name. That you have read before the nation. Kachna biyadecha v'leich v'yikach Baruch Benaria as Hamegila biyado v'yavo aleim. They want Baruch Benaria to do another reading of this. Vayomurei love Shavna ukarana ba'aznenu. Come back. Read this Megillah again in our ears. Vayakra, Vayikra Baruch He reads it again. And as we say, we're going on the premise, as the Gemara in Moray Kotan tells us, that it was Echa, that he has written Echa in the present tense a full 18 years before the events in Echa are, are, have arrived. That's the answer. They, they're terrified. We have got to bring this to the attention of the king. How did you do this? How did you write it? But they're trying to ascertain, really, is this Yirmiyahu, or is this Baruch Benaria adding his own verisimilitude to this? Because they want to protect them. 
I heard it directly from his mouth. And I just was a loyal scribe writing this in ink. Go hide. This could be your death warrant. You and your Mio, and no one should know where you are. So you see, the Sarim, who are the traditional antagonists of your Mio, suddenly become his protector. They come to the Chatzeres, and they read it in the Lishkas of Elisha HaSofer, who was a very reputable scribe. And they read it to King Yehoyah. Okay. Now again it is read. They bring it It is read to them. Literally, he's in the winter palace. Hatishi, the ninth month, which is Kislev. Literally, there's a fireplace burning before him. It's winter. What he does after each peric, he tears it out from the Megillah. He rips it from the Megillah and throws it into the fire. Below Pachtu, the people there, they weren't terrified. They don't tear their clothes. None of his servants. From this puzzle, we learn in Moed Kotan that when you see a Torah scroll being ripped, you've got to do Kriya. You've got to go into mourning. These guys are just sitting. Why was he so unafraid? Why was he so aggressively... Um, Proactive in destroying it. They say that if it is Sefer Eicha, that the Moed Kachan tells us when they read the first part, the people are sitting in rooms. All right, he can handle that. And the second part, see the ears, the city is destroyed. Fine, I'm still king. The third one is that there's famine. Fine. The fourth one, the fourth Pasuk is telling him that they are come and they are ruling instead of the Jewish people. And then he sees he's threatened. And that's when he takes the whole scroll uh, and throws it into the fire and tears it. Now you've got to compare this as you're intended to with the action of his father, Yoshiyahu. Remember, the incident happened in Yoshio's refurbishment of the Beis Hamikdash. They find a Torah scroll. They open it. It's open to the Tolchacha, uh, where the uh, people are, what's going to happen if they don't listen. Yoshio tears his clothes. He goes in and he institutes a period of, of Balchuva. You can only describe it as an era of Balchuva, albeit short-lived, where the people learn the Torah, where they do more Kriya, they mourn, etc. Compare this to his son, who does it with such contempt, tears the Torah, throws it in the fire. And they were those, these people who were very big nobles and rulers, begged him, don't do this, doesn't listen. 
He says, go get them, bring them here, and the Kodesh Baruch who hides them. At this point, they are miraculously concealed. They, um, they listen, Yermio now says, is told to write another one. Write another one. Write everything I told you. You burn this Megillah. Why have you written that the Melech of Bovel is coming and will destroy everything man and animal? You will not have a successor sitting on the throne of David. And your body will be thrown on the ground without burial, lying there as a carcass day and night. Um, consumed by the vultures. Your children, your progeny, will pay for this. They are going to get everything I have prophesied, and they refuse to listen. He gets another scroll. He gives it again. He repeats everything that was in the burnt safer. The old no safalehem durm. That is very interesting. There's some additional material there, and some say that he finished Echa. The first one was four chapters. He did the rest of Echa. Rabbim Kahema, on a similar vein, and so we see the tragic reaction of Yehoiakim. We see from this very uh, important lessons of how you treat a Sefer Torah. Uh, we have left some points hanging, which we will get to 8.45 a.m. Monday. Uh, see you there.